Hey everybody, Jim Sammons here. Welcome to the Kayak Fishing Show live, brought to you as always. Oh wow, that looks cool. <laughs> By Ballast Point Brewing Company. Apparently uh, my green screen is in that color range. So uh, we're having the Grunion Pale Ale, which is a kind of a hoppy, almost uh, an IPA, but it's a hoppy pale ale. Uh, and it's definitely one of my favorites, for sure. Uh, hope everybody's doing good. Uh, for anybody who's new to these shows, we do them every Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, Tuesdays being our Jackson Kayak years. Uh, so we basically, we show full episodes of our show. Um, sorry, I got a message there. Uh, we show, show full episodes, older episodes of the show. So on Tuesdays are the newer episodes with Jackson Kayak. On Thursdays, throwback Thursday to the Ocean Kayak years. You know, the first five seasons of the show. You know, we have been on the air for, um, well, we're airing our 11th season right now. Uh, if you haven't seen it, of course, we are also on Fox Sports now. Every Saturday airs a new episode. So we're very, very excited about that. Uh, so, you know, set your reminders, subscribe, whatever you got to do. So you make sure you're reminded of these live shows if you're interested in seeing these older episodes. And then of course we do other episodes with sponsors on them, uh, talk show type of stuff. So, you know, we do a lot of these, uh, for anybody who still hasn't done it. And I'd still like to get an idea if people are doing it. Uh, we have scrolling across the bottom there, the deal for the, uh, wow, this whole green screen thing is just great on these colored items. Uh, this is a ACR Artex uh, personal locator beacon. And I just wanted to have it out so you had a general idea of the size. I didn't know it was gonna interact with the green screen that much. But anyway, so uh, we have a deal with them. We've uh, set up for you at 10% off of the cost on anything on their site. But of course the PLB is the thing we're mainly interested in with uh, our kayakers, uh, but it's 10% off and free shipping uh, using the code KAFISH10. So uh, please let me know if you're taking advantage of that. And please do take advantage of that so uh, we can get you more deals from other people. But if people don't take advantage of the deals we set up, well, you know, it's not going to do anybody any good. So anyway, uh, I'm glad you could join us. Um, we had uh, a couple of guests kind of lined up. Uh, and then, unfortunately, our, our good buddy, Chris Funk, um, who had been off work injured. So I thought, oh, no problem getting him on. 
he had to go back to work today. <laughs> so uh, unfortunately, Chris isn't going to make it. And then so I tried to get Jameson on here last minute. And he's he's down in Florida fishing instead. He actually just sent me this picture. If you can kind of see that. He's down there with a nice bone fish. So uh, I don't blame him. I'd rather be doing that than coming on here and doing this. So uh, unfortunately, you just got me here today. Uh, the episode we have lined up is from, again, this is uh, from season six uh, when we did a trip to the Everglades to fish with Chris and Jameson. And um, also we're there for the boondoggle. And for those of you who don't know what the boondoggle is, uh, for several years, uh, these guys put on this event uh, twice a year. And it was not a competition. It wasn't anything like that. It was just like, hey, we're all going to meet at this location. And it was primarily East Coast, Florida. I think they may have done some in Louisiana. But um, it was basically a kayak fishing hangout. So you, you went fishing for the day and then you came in and hung out together and shared stories and uh, drank a few beers and, uh, and just had a great time. And so we were, we were lucky enough to go to one of these. Uh, and then they kind of, uh, the guys who were putting them on um, sold the company that they had that was doing this. And uh, it kind of fell apart, I guess. I, you know, I don't I haven't heard in anything about them doing any more, but it really was a great event. And I would love to see something like that here on the West Coast, because, again, it wasn't a competition. Um, I know they brought in vendors so people could see stuff. They put on seminars so people could learn stuff, but it wasn't a competition, anything like that. It was just hanging out with people who like to kayak fish. And it was really, really fun. So, um if you do have comments, of course, if you're watching this on the Kayak Fishing Show page, Facebook page, or on Kayak Fishing Tales, our YouTube channel, if you post your comments, I will see them there. Um, if, you, if you post them on where this has been shared other places, I won't see the comments or questions and I won't be able to answer them uh, at this time. So if you do want to comment, make sure you are doing your comments on the Kayak Fishing Show Facebook page or Kayak Fishing Tales because, uh, you know, we like to answer your questions. And, of course, do bring your questions or comments or anything like that. We love to see them. Of course, uh, you know, the shows besides Ballast Point, our regular show is brought to you by Seagar, Jackson Kayak, Warner Paddles, Standard Horizon, Yak Attack, Seagler Reels, A Band of Anglers, Raymarine, and Kokatat. And we can't thank all these great sponsors enough for all their support. And I hope you are um, supporting them. Uh, there are a few comments up already. Uh, Liam, how you doing, man? Checking in from uh, Kayak Fishing Tales, our YouTube channel, as is Froglid. Thank you for joining us. Douglas, joining us from Brazil, the wonderful Brazil. I um, had a great time my one time there. Gene Wilson, how are you? Um, I hope you're uh, able to get out on the water and uh, do your thing. And like I said, Jameson's Jameson. I think he said it was down in the keys. That's where he's bone fishing, but uh, he's, he's having a great time. Um, Froglid. Have I ever fished the Northwest regional parts of Idaho? No, I haven't. Um, 
you know, I, I have fly fished up in Montana, but uh, I do spend a lot more time fishing the coast and uh, saltwater type stuff or, you know, traveling internationally. So um, haven't been to Idaho, although the way this COVID thing is, our travel restrictions, I may be doing more stuff because I do need to get some shoots in this year. So we may be doing more domestic type stuff. Um, Donald, how you doing from Long Island? Uh, we are doing well. I hope you're doing well. Um, I just need to go fishing. I, I've had a really hard time with my back lately. So every time I want to go fishing, it seems like it's acting up. And uh, so that's a tough one. But I'm uh, thinking about trying to get out tomorrow, maybe just go bay bass fishing or something. Um, but hopefully I need to get out. I need to get on my kayak. I need to get out on our boat. I need to get out on the water. As we all do, this whole COVID thing is just driving me crazy, and I'm sure it is everybody else. I was talking to my friend uh, from New Zealand this morning, and he said it hasn't been as bad there, although, of course, you can't travel in and out. But he says he's been able to fish a lot, and uh, it's it's going really well. Of course, it's getting into winter there now. So uh, it's actually my friend Seamus, and he will be on the show this Thursday as our guest because we'll be airing our episode from our first trip to New Zealand. So if you want to see some really cool stuff, some big yellowtail, some sharks, all that fun stuff, make sure you tune in uh, this th Thursday at two o'clock Pacific time. Uh, Neil, how you doing from South Wales? Thank you so much for joining us over there, man. And Jonathan Lee from Ottawa, as well as Serge from Ottawa. Can't thank you guys enough. I, I love it up there. I was uh, actually talking to my producers this morning. I, I'm sure you know they're up in... Um, Ottawa. And they're actually next week doing a trip that I absolutely love. It was one of my favorite trips. They're doing a, a week-long trip down the Petawawa River, which is up in Algonquin Park. And it is just such a beautiful place and such awesome fishing. You know, you're going down river, you run some rapids and everything. Just, just an absolutely phenomenal place. So um, I, I miss getting up there and I'm I asked them why I wasn't invited, and they said I couldn't come because of the border. I don't know if that was true or not. <laughs> I have a little bit of a <clears throat> scratchy throat here, so uh, I guess I just got to keep drinking my beer. So anyway, yeah, this episode uh, is pretty cool. Like I say, we got to fish with Chris Funk, uh, just an absolutely super fun guy to fish with, uh, always making us laugh, and we got to fish with Jameson Redding. And like I said, the whole boondoggle and everything like that. And this was our first trip ever down in the Everglades. So uh, why don't we get this thing rolling? And again, if you have any questions, throw them out there and we'll answer all our que your questions for you as, as if we can or I can. <laughs> this week on the Kayak Fishing Show, we are in the Everglades. I'm fishing with Chris Funk and Jameson Redding, and we're here for the boondoggle. Boondoggle! We're going to be roughing it. i got to be camping all week in the Everglades. Come on, Jim, man. You know me better than that. We're not going to be roughing it. Come take a look at this, dude. All right. Calls me, tell him I'm, tell him I'm fishing. 
Jackson Kayak's Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you by Jackson Kayak, one family, many waters. Body Glove, featuring the new 3T Barefoot Water Shoe. Torquedo, makers of the lightweight 403 kayak motor. Delorme InReach Explorer, stay safe and connected anywhere on earth. Release Reels, value, versatility, and a lifetime warranty. And Hook One, everything you need to get out there and hook one. This week on Jackson Kayak's Kayak Fishing Show, Jim Sammons joins Chris Funk and Jameson Redding for the Kayak Fishing Boondoggle in the Everglades National Park in Florida. This week, we've been down in Flamingo, Florida in the Everglades. I had my first experience of fishing the Everglades, but bigger than that, we were here for the Boondoggle. We met up with a lot of like-minded kayak anglers, huge group of people, no competition, just to hang out, talk about kayak fishing. I had along on this trip, my good buddy, Jameson Redding with Jackson Kayak. We had Chris Funk, our favorite photographer, and his buddy, Rob. The Boondoggle is an organized gathering of kayak fishermen from around the country, just getting together, fishing, and enjoying the sport they all love. A boondoggle. What is a boondoggle? Boondoggle basically means we're going to come out here and we're going to waste some time. We're going to have a good time hanging out, camaraderie, drink a beer or two, talk about what we all love, which is fishing, kayak fishing, and hanging out. We are at Coot Bay Pond in the Everglades. Anything with fins, <laughs> we are searching for hopefully snook. Tarpon, of course, I've never caught a tarpon, so that would be a dream come true for me. I'm, I'm liable to French kiss that sucker on camera. Uh, uh, you know, trout, reds, lots of possibilities. Ooh, I'm so excited I can't even see straight. This is part of the Everglades uh, mangrove rules. You always send the fat guy through first for two reasons. One, he gets all the spiders, and two, if he makes it, you know you can. <laughs> well, we just uh, paddled through a long mangrove tunnel, which was super cool. Came across this little lake. It's a, it's a no-motor lake, so... Boats can't get in here. I mean, the only way to get here is through that little tunnel. So, kind of pretty much have it to ourselves. Hey, y'all. I'm Chris Funk from Jackson Kayak, and I want to talk to you a little bit about the Coosa HD. We're down here playing around in the Everglades, and it sure has shined back here in these tunnels. The hinged bow hatch, we could put our gear, you know, we put lunch, we put bait buckets. I had a cast net. I've got my light in case we stay out here too late. There's just a ton of room up here, but if you load this up, being able to trim the seat back, that makes all the difference in the world in the boat's performance. All right, by far my favorite feature of the Coos HD is the flat deck. Everybody's heard about the Chris Funk camera bag placement area and uh, having the, the console removed allows you to put camera bags, bait buckets, you know, puppy dogs, whatever you want to put on a flat floor and it is outstanding to have that. The Gen 3 on the Elite seats, extremely comfortable. There's no bar to hit the back of your legs so it's all day comfortable. The HD, you can trim it two positions in the high 
three positions in the low. So, you know, up front this morning, I had a cast net, I had a bait bucket, had all sorts of weight up front. I was able to trim the weight out to make it a whole lot better to paddle. We've been through some terrible winds and, and, and pretty good current today. And I've been able to move it around to, to paddle exactly like I need it to go. It's not big rig stable, but it's so stable that even though I'm not the strongest stander on the Jackson team, I was able to throw a cast net. That's the reason my boat is so nasty right now. It's probably the nastiest HD in existence, but it was because I was pitching a cast net off of it, catching mullet for bait. And just amazed that I was able to do that without having to worry about you know going swimming in front of the camera. That's just a few reasons that the HD is in my fleet. If you guys want to check them out, go to Jackson Kayak Online. Look me up on YouTube. Anything you want to do, I'll help you any way I can. When we come back, the guys get their first day on the water, and the fishing is fantastic. The Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you in part by Jackson Kayak. One family, many waters. Learn more at jacksonkayak.com. So yeah, you can uh, you can see. I mean, fishing with Chris is a blast. Fishing those Everglades, even the just the paddling. You know, um, like I said, going through these narrow mangrove tunnels and and all that. The ability to paddle in those areas was just so cool. We really, really enjoyed ourselves and and the boondoggle itself. And we'll get more into the boondoggle uh, later in the episode, but. Uh, very, very cool place. I, I remember at one point, though, I was paddling along and the water was super clear. And I don't think it's even in this episode um, because it was cameras weren't rolling or anything. But paddling along and I looked down and I paddled right over the top of an alligator that was just laying on the bottom. Um, and it's just like, whoa, geez, I mean, it totally, totally startled me. Um there was one point we were we were paddling up and you could just see, you know, the logs with eyes, you know, just they just come up and it, it's no big deal if you see them, but it's they just disappear. Uh, so it, it's just a, a super, super cool place to paddle. Uh, we have a couple more comments here. John Spence saying hello from uh, Fernandina, Florida. <laughs> I have no idea where that is. Uh, you good. Call, uh, checking in from Montreal. How you doing? Richard from North Georgia. How are you? Uh, thanks for joining us. Gene Wilson. Love those funkisms. Yeah. And there is so many of them. I said, you're just laughing all the time at the things that guy says. Um, I said, he was, he said something about he would kiss it or something. If he caught a tarpon, he's, he's a funny guy and, and super talented uh, photographer, so a lot of still shots we have are from him. Just a, just a, a great, great guy. Um, Neil, do you encounter gators when fishing? I think you popped that up just as I was saying this. Uh, yeah, um, never anything negative. Uh, I know I was fishing with Chris actually in the uh, Okefenokee Swamp, and um, we would have – the big ones weren't really an issue. The, uh, the ones that were smaller – would chase your lure. Uh, he, but when we were there, it was fairly cold, so they were pretty inactive. Uh, I guess they can get it much more active, steal your fish and such, but um, you kind of get used to them. You know, it's a little unnerving at first, you know, being a guy from San Diego, not used to being around big lizards like that. Uh, it's a little unnerving, but 
eventually you just start thinking about fishing and you forget all about them. They just, we, we never had any real issues other than just, like I said, kind of being startled by them. And did you guys say, I actually saw uh, recently somebody posted a, uh, a video of a gator coming up and stealing their fishing rod off the bank. That, that was pretty funny. Uh, Rockman from Indonesia. Thanks for joining us, man. That's a long way away from here. Uh, that's what I, I love about this. You know, we get so many people from all over the world joining us. So uh, let's get this uh, episode rolling and continue on with our trip in the Everglades. And again, have any questions, shoot them our way. This is a long commercial break. There it is. Jackson Kayaks Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you in part by Powerful Micro Anchor. Swift, silent, secure, and small. Welcome back. This week, we join Jim Sammons, Jameson Redding, and Chris Funk for the boondoggle in the Florida Everglades. This is my first experience being down here in this part of Florida, and particularly in the Everglades. It's it's different. I mean, my, my impressions of the Everglades were always from like, you know, the TV show Gentle Ben when I was a kid. Um, and so I had no idea what to expect. Well, we started out in some, you know, neat mangrove tunnels that were almost impassable looking and, and ended up through there and then caught a few snook yesterday and, and including a couple first of, of, of species for folks. And one thing I really like about the Everglades is just how remote and different it is. I mean, Anywhere I've ever been in the United States is totally different than, than what the Everglades has to offer. It's just wild. It's pretty much untouched. The mangrove tunnels and everything that you see, the, the manatees, alligators are all over the place. It's just, it's just a wild place. Once we got back there, it did not take long. It was literally had to have been the third or fourth cast. I hear Chris over there. just He's over there hooked up on a small snook, and I think this might be even his first snook that he's ever caught. And he's just excited, and you know what? The bite's starting to kick up. <laughs> what don't I love about outdoors? <laughs> I tell everybody my life revolves around six Fs, my faith, my family, fur, fins, feathers, and photography. And that's, that's what encompasses Chris, and, it, and all of it's out here. What'd you get, Chris? Nice. Just caught my first snook out here in the Everglades and uh, slimed this Jackson Pizza HD first time. And adding to the cool factor was my first snook. That's pretty awesome to me. Uh, Chris was saying he got a couple of fish on the spoon. I didn't have a spoon, but I can get that same kind of erratic action with the stick shad. And, uh, you know, it swims. This is a floater, but it just swims just below the surface. Nice he is not showing action. a stick shad right now. <laughs> that was bad editing. That's not a bad snook right there. That's not a bad snook on that. Uh, switched over to the old trusty Sabeel stick shad. I got short bit a minute ago. 
and then I got flashed on again. Finally got one to stick, but not a bad snook at all. Of course, both of the hooks are right where I would want to grab them. Got them. Here we go. Give him a little rest there. Boom! <laughs> That's not a bad one. That's not a little tiny snook. I'll take that guy all day. Get my bug out of him. Boom! <laughs> not quite as tough as the last one. <laughs> Another one on that uh, little Stabile, Stabile uh, pretty fish. Stick Shad. This is the Stick Shad 90. That stick shad is still one of my favorite lures. That floating, there we go. suspending, oh. and sinking. And they are just oh, such a, a great guy. lure. Little, little guy. I seem to be going backwards. I caught a big fish on the my first one, and everything has gotten progressively smaller. Pretty fish. Thanks, buddy. This week, while fishing in the Everglades, we were chasing after snook, tarpon, redfish, all kinds of fun fish that you throw a lot of lures at. This week I was using the Manly Platinum series of rods. One of the cool things about the Manly rod, it's got an adjustable butt. So if you're, if you're fighting a big fish, you can pull that back, get better leverage on the fish. Um, but for casting one-handed, shorten it up, super comfortable. On it, I had a low profile reel and I had that reel loaded with 30 pound Seaguar Kansan braid. As my top shot, I had Seaguar fluorocarbon leader. We were getting a lot of snook and the snook have very sharp gill plates. So it was really nice to have that, that fluorocarbon's abrasion resistance, 20 to 40 pound, depending on if you're seeing bigger fish. My go-to lure was the Spiel stick shad. Caught all my fish on this lure on this trip. That's what I was using here in Florida. Check it out. When we return, we're joined by Amanda Wilson from Shark Shield, and we learn how to keep the toothy critters from nabbing all our fish. The Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you in part by Hook One. Everything you need to get out there and hook one. So, uh, yeah, I said we just had so much fun, caught so many different fish. Um, I know there was, uh, one of the guys we were fishing with hooked into a tarpon and it went, jumped right up into the mangroves and broke them off. Uh, just, just so many great fish and such a, a cool, cool place to paddle. Um, we got some more, uh, comments here. Hugh, uh, Jim, you started my passion for kayak fishing. I have a Trident 13. I remember the first episode here. <laughs> yeah, it was yellow. Wow. You remember better than I do. <laughs> uh, first episode uh i believe our first episode was we were fishing down in uh, east cape southern baja uh so very 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 cool uh neil says just sold my trident 13 now have an old town predator mx love it that's awesome gene uh that was uh chris's pinfish spoon yeah it's actually kind of funny is like I said, I made a comment during that. It's like, that was kind of bad editing because I was talking about a Sabeel stick shad and they were showing Chris holding up the spoon he had been fishing with. So, um, 
not several after the first few seasons they would basically they'd shoot him you know that my producers up in canada and then they would edit him and then i wouldn't i wouldn't see him until they came out on tv so um had a few continuity issues you know when you have somebody who's editing who maybe wasn't on the trip or editing who doesn't fish might not understand things so uh, some years back, I, I jumped on him and said, look, you cannot do this. It makes us look bad. So it went by for a couple of seasons. But after that, I said, you have to show me every episode before you send it to the, um, the networks. So I can at least do those quality control checks. Make sure that if I'm talking about a lure, you're showing the right lure. Uh, make sure that, you know, things just... Because things can slip by, even if the guy was there, uh, you know, you might miss something. So by having that extra step, we, we've eliminated uh, some of that kind of error. I'm sure some still slip by, but, uh, you know, we, 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 I didn't like it. I didn't like it too much when that would happen. So uh, it got, it definitely has gotten better. Again, this was, um, this was season six. Um and uh, it was probably around this time where, you know, for the last five seasons, I have been doing quality control on the episodes. So uh, they've gotten a lot better, I think. Um, Richard, what is the color called on Jim's Kraken? I, you know, honestly, I don't know what that color is. Uh, and I don't even know if it's one they even make. Well, they don't even make the Kraken anymore, but it is. Uh, it was a cool color. I always, I always kind of lean towards those not so bright colors. I know some people really like the bright and, and there's a good reason for it. Bright colors to be seen and all that, but I kind of always leaned towards the, uh, the more subdued colors, if you will. Tommy Gomes, how are you, man? Thanks for joining us here. I really appreciate it. Uh, Tommy Gomes, the Tommy, the fishmonger. Uh, if you're ever looking, uh, he will point you in the direction where always to get the freshest fish. Here in San Diego, anyway. Uh, Mark checking in from Carlsbad. Love the show. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. All you guys who watch it and tune in for these things. And, you know, a lot of these, the thing about what we're the reason we're doing this is so many of these episodes were just on WFN and were never released any other way. So if you didn't get WFN, people have not seen these episodes. Uh, they were never put online or anything like that. So I thought this was a fun way to release them by doing our live commentary and, you know, share stories about those trips and all that. So um, they said, that's why we're kind of catching up on them now. Oh, I'm sorry. John Spence, what type of line did you use uh, for the, on my low profile reels back then I was using cans and braid Uh now, um, my mind's gone blank, but I, I'd use cigar braid and, um, the gold label, uh, fluorocarbon leader with snook. You really got to bump up your line size. They are very, very good at breaking your line. They have super sharp Ridge on their gill plate that they flare out those gill plates and they'll, they'll cut through 80 pound line. So, uh, when I fish with my friend, Patrick Sabil, I mean, he's like, yeah, I use 80 pound leader all the time. Uh, I, I just don't like to throw that heavy of leader. Um, so usually for me, it was 20 to 40 pound. Uh, but you definitely, uh, if you think you're just going to be getting snook, 
jumping up that 40 pound at least is really the way to go, particularly if there's any big fish around because they will bust you off in a heartbeat. You know, they jump, they go into the mangroves, they got those sharp gill plates. So definitely for snook, bump up that light size. So anyway, let's uh, continue on with the episode. Footwater shoe. Welcome back. This week, Jim is joined by Amanda Wilson from Shark Shield as we get in some incredible fishing here in the Everglades National Park. For the last couple of years on our show, we've been lucky enough to be partnered up with Shark Shield. Uh, it's a, a shark deterrent device. Uh, I've seen this thing work firsthand. And today we're, we're feel very privileged to have Amanda Wilson from Shark Shield here to kind of give us maybe a little more insight into the shark shield and why people, you know, should consider having this on their kayak. We're off to a rough start there, Amanda. I know. I'm not as graceful with my paddle as you. Sure, so um, Shark Shield, this is our Freedom 7 product and it's the world's only scientifically proven and independently tested shark deterrent. Um, what we've noticed the last few years is there seems to be a lot of increase in shark activity and, and sharks are learning to, uh, to approach kayak fishermen, spear fishermen, just fishermen in general and steal their catch. So for the people who have not seen us or heard or, or looked at this unit before, how does the shark shield work? Sure, so sharks have something called an ampullae of Lorenzini. Those are just the small gel-filled electrical receptors in their snout. So the way that they use that in the final stages of attack, they actually have a protective covering that goes over their eyes. So they home in on their prey when they're very, very close range. So they can feel the electricity that's generated by twitching muscle fibers. Um, so what shark shield does is we've got two electrodes inside this antenna. So when it's submerged in seawater, um, we produce the three-dimensional electric field and that basically overpowers those electrical receptors. So it's inducing spasms into their snout and it keeps the sharks 15 to 20 feet away. Well, I've gone kayaking and I've gone fishing, but I've never done kayak fishing. But uh, I always like to learn more about the, uh, the sports that my customers use our product in. So I'm excited to, uh, to do a little kayak fishing today. I saw a little uh, wake. I got my cast right out in front of them. Another uh, medium-sized one. <clears throat> not not the bigger one that I caught before, but fun, fun, fun. Here we go. Oh my goodness, yeah. Let's see what these guys are talking about. Feeling these uh, gill plates here. Just the back edge isn't bad, but right up halfway up, their gill plate has a ridge on it that is just like razor sharp. Pretty fish, very fun. Snook number four and just uh, fishing for just a couple of hours this morning. Four fun fish. Oh, come on, buddy. You look over my thumb. <laughs> there it goes. We made it. I kind of made it. This is the hardest part. Cause I can't <laughs> paddle from here. <laughs> How in the heck do you paddle without getting stuck? Taking your camera on a kayak fishing trip is a no-brainer. And this week, Chris Funk has a few tips on how to take better shots while out on the water in the Kayak Fishing Tip, brought to you by Ram Mounts, innovative mounting systems proudly made in the USA. 
Hey y'all, I'm Chris Funk. Gonna to talk to you a little bit about what I do for taking pictures out of the kayak. Number one is gear protections. Make sure you have an outstanding waterproof bag. I use watershed bags. I know there's multiple manufacturers out there. It's gotta be something that you trust. Um, I actually carry two. One is, this is with my telephoto lens, anything long, my 70 to 200s or the 300 or whatever I've got that's a long lens. And that's why I've got the long bag. And then I've got a short fatter one, and this is for my wide angle lens and usually my accessories like my flashes or whatever I need. But having the two bags, two totally different colors, I can get in them fast. I don't have to hunt for gear. I know what I'm looking for and when I'm looking for it, and I can get to it before the fight's over. So uh, it's, it's, it's very important to be able to see the strike and then be able to get to a camera fast before the action's done. Another real good tip is, you know, paddle movement, even with a camouflage paddle, I mean, critters see, you know, movement. So if you're a wildlife photographer, use the wind or the tide as, as at your advantage. Just try to set up a drift to where you're moving in toward the animal. Of course, we don't want to disturb them, but allow you to get close enough for a little closer photo without actually bothering them in their environment. But it's a whole lot better than trying to, you know, paddle right up to that critter to take a picture of it. All right, so there you go. We've got to protect our gear. We've got to access it quickly during the fight. And we've got to use our environment to get closer to the critter that we want to take a picture of. That's your tip for the week. Y'all take care. When we come back, the guys put in a full day and come across some hungry sharks. <laughs> I hope the freaking shark came up for the kayak. My wife is going to leave me. The Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you in part by Enrich. Yeah, Chris is, <laughs> it's always something, but uh, as to the shark shield, you know, Amanda came on the show. It really wasn't the environment for, for what we were talking about, but I have used the shark shield for a long time. I have seen it work. I have seen uh, tiger sharks, bull sharks, uh, hammerhead sharks start coming up towards me and I turn that thing on and they turn away. I have seen it work. So I am definitely a believer in the shark shield. Now, if you want to go back, and I don't know if it's easier on the YouTube channel or on Facebook, but we had Amanda on for a full one-hour interview. So if you want to learn more about the shark shield, take a look at that, uh, that interview we did with her. It's super informative, and it's got some great video. They had some video of it turning away a white shark when it was on a full charge. So um, it's definitely worth looking into if you want to, you know, like I said, track that down. Uh, it's, it's on Facebook, uh, our videos, or on Kayak Fishing Tales. But uh, it is a product I believe in. Um, and uh, if you do, if you are an open water person and you tend to fish in sharky areas, well worth it. And it's, you know, it's not so, so much that we always said it's not so much you know, that I'm worried about being attacked by a shark. But for us, it's always like oh, when you're landing a fish and having a shark come up and grabbing that fish right next to the kayak, that can be pretty sketchy. And, you know, it's no secret. Guys have been hit by sharks in their kayaks up in Northern California. If I was fishing in those areas, I would definitely have a shark shield and I would have it on all the time. So just thought I would uh, share that with you. And, uh, I said it's it's well worth looking up, and if you want more information, or just go to Ocean Guardian Shark Shield, and you can uh, get more information there. But uh, the interview with her was really really good. Explorer, the only truly global satellite communicator with built-in navigation, including waypoints and routing. The Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you in part by. 
Torquedo, makers of the lightweight 403 kayak motor. Welcome back. This week we're in Florida at the Everglades National Park, fishing with Chris Funk, photographer from Jackson Kayak. Today the guys are up and at it early and the fish are biting. This morning we fished hard, had a couple strikes early on, thought thought we were on fire with what we were doing. My, my first cast, second cast of the morning, I mean, we thought we, we were in some shelter, out of the wind. Um, and my second cast, I hooked a, a baby tarpon. Um, it jumped, it ran underneath my kayak, unfortunately. I was only in about this deep of water and it came at me and went right under my boat. And normally as a deep water angler, that's no problem. I'll bury my rod in the water, but I had nowhere to go with the rod and he went under me and just snapped me off. Um, so that was a little disappointing, but it was a good sign. We were gonna have good fishing. Unfortunately, that wasn't really the case. <laughs> the wind turned, you know, the temperature dropped, uh, ended up uh, cast net and mullet out of, the, out of the, the HD, not even sure that that could be done. We left the channel. We wanted to find some shelter from the wind, so we found the lee side of a small island. As we were paddling along, you know, look down and see a shark. And, I mean, we're only in a few feet of water, and you see these sharks over the side, and then we see another shark, and then we see another shark, and then we see these tremendous schools of mullet just going ripping by. Chris, uh, just wanting to pull on something, came up with another plan. He carries a cast net on his kayak. So he's like, oh, what if I uh, try and cast net some, uh, some mullet? We'll chop it up into chunks and try and catch one of these sharks we're seeing so many of. That sounds like a, a fun plan to me. So had a few mullet, flayed them up, used them for bait. We caught a few lemon sharks. Fighting out of the HD was kind of awesome to see for me. Just new experiences since I don't I don't do that much standing in the boat. So it was I was definitely proud of that that feat. There you go. <laughs> oh, shoot. There you go. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I hooked a freaking shark standing up in a kayak. My wife is gonna leave me. I let it run with it that time. Not real long, because if they feel that seal, they'll drop it. This week while we were in the Everglades at the boondoggle, I had along my shark shield. Um, you know, the worst thing I want to happen, happen is have a, a large fish that I want to land and have a bigger shark come along and bite it in two. Um, and there are a lot of sharks. We saw a lot of sharks on this trip. We actually went fishing for sharks. The other guys were getting bit. I wasn't. I forgot that I had my shark shield on. I was getting no fish near me. It was kind of comical at the end of the day when I realized that I, what a blunder I had made and I wasn't getting bit. I can only attribute that to the fact that I had that shark shield on. Again, proof once again that the shark shield does work. Check it out. The boondoggle started as a simple gathering of like-minded kayak anglers and has since grown into a highly anticipated national event. Hi, I'm Mark Watanabe, and we are in a beautiful Flamingo Campground in the Everglades. Well, the boondoggle actually started as my uh, my wife and I just decided to take a trip down to Florida. Um, actually, it was in February, and uh, she she made the you know, suggestion of inviting some people from Yak Anger, and um, we posted it on the forums, and we ended up getting you know 20 or so people to show up at Little Talbot Island, and 
that's kind of how the boondoggle started. It was just a group of us meeting up to fish and hang out and have a good time. The kayak fishing boondoggle is a rare event in kayak fishing. It's unlike any tournament or gathering in the sport. It's just a, a time of the year that all the people that have the same passion for the sport of kayak fishing can come together and just enjoy hanging out around a campfire, telling all their fishing stories, and just talking about how the sports changed and, and, and all their experiences in the sport. Um, the February one is more low key. We all kind of all just, you know, show up. We put a pin in a map and we say, this is where we're gonna be. Um, everybody shows up, we hang out, fish and chit chat. And there's no, there's no structure to it. Um, and then the October one is, is the larger one. We break, actually bring in vendors. Um, we bring in, we have clinics set up. Uh, we have events, we have demos, we have all kinds of stuff. So, and that's, there's a lot more people to those. It's usually about four or 500 plus people coming to those. Um, whereas, you know, we might get 80 to 100 people at the, at the So it gives people who, who want to do something more low key and less structured. You can come to the February one, you know, and if you want to do something with, with, you know, see cool stuff from kayak fishing vendors, test new boats and hang out as well, um, then you come to the October. The boondoggle may have come to a close, but our Florida adventure is just beginning. The guys pack up the trailer because next week we delve even further into the mangroves. Boondoggle is backcountry kayak fishing. Boondoggle to me means getting away from life and just fishing my brains out. The boondoggle means to me it's a great place to come and meet comradeship with people that I don't know and that I have known in the past boondoggle. Sitting in a kayak of nice water fishing. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, those boondoggles are, are, are such a good time. Um, I don't know if you noticed, I mean, I was wearing a, a, like a Chicago sweatshirt or something there. Um, it was cold. Uh, we had come from, um, I'm trying to remember, because we had a trip right before this and it was so hot and we we're like, well, we're going down to the Everglades. It's going to be hot. And, you know, we were getting up in the morning to be frost on our kayaks. It, it was I didn't even have the right clothes for the trip at all. It was so, so freaking cold, which made the next episode of this even tougher because it got colder and colder and colder. And, uh, you know, that's just not what these fish are about. <laughs> you know, they like that warm water. So it was a tough one. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Uh, and, you know, we will get Jameson and, and Chris Funk on again because we fished with them on multiple times during the show, uh, the filming our shows. And, um, always a good time. And again, we will be back on Thursday with part two of our trip to New Zealand. And we're going to have our buddy Seamus as our guest uh, on uh, for the commentary part, the live commentary. So really, really looking forward to that. Uh, I will say it again, you know, if you haven't taken advantage of it, you know, jump on this deal from ACR Artex. If you've considered getting a personal locator beacon, you know, this is going to give you a 10% discount and free shipping in the USA. So, I mean, it's a great product. If you are into safety like I am, uh, I highly, highly recommend having an ACR Artex PLB. I, they are not a sponsor of the show. It is just a deal that I got them to, uh, to put out to our viewers because I'm tired of hearing about kayak anglers uh, perishing, you know, where I think, uh, you know, wearing a personal 
flotation device and having a PLB uh, could have saved their lives. So, um, you know, please take advantage of this deal. And, uh, you know, if more people take advantage of these deals, again, we can, we have the ability to bring you more deals uh, from <clears throat> some of our other sponsors. So uh, there was one last comment here from uh, Neil says, thanks, Jim. Keep up the good work. Thanks for joining us, Neil. I really appreciate it. I appreciate all of you guys for joining us every week, again, every Tuesday and Thursday for our uh, airing of our episodes with live commentary. We have a, a great time doing this. Uh, I know um, for me, because I don't go back and watch these episodes beforehand, for me, it just brings back great memories of uh, what we've been doing for the last 12 years. So uh, I hope you're enjoying them as well. So anyway, if you are going out on the water, as always, please always wear your PFT and keep your paddle right side up. You take care. Oh, I'm going to fix it.